by which we will gradually be prepared, if you will, cooked and offered, um, and um, to take advantage of that, sometimes um, we have to exercise, uh, exert some effort. Uh, sometimes I'm asked, I have been a few times in the past, what to do if you live in some place where there's no sadhusanga. I think some of you know the answer. It's move. <laughs> so, at least enough movement sometime during the year to take advantage of, of, of uh, company of serious uh, persons, persons seriously interested in there. In spiritual progress and, and beyond that, in the dispensation of lower and Nityananda, which is uh, very special amongst spiritual possibilities, opportunities that are available in the world. This one is uh, quite unique, and I'm sure we'll discuss that to some extent, at some length, in the course of our uh, gathering here as we do regularly, wherever we go, wherever we gather. <clears throat> I think that uh, tonight I have been asked to ask you all if there's any questions. And, uh, and then tomorrow it is the Valdiporni, Shivaram Vikijai. And so we'll discuss about um, the significance of, of Maldiv within Gaudi Vaishnavism and, and um, Ashram Maharaj was speaking in the evening about Maldiv and also Maharaj is a chair there for behind you. So, are there any questions tonight? Yes. I've been trying to understand a little more deeply the uh, concept of Sadhaka Deya. And um, I think one of the things I've heard you discuss before about it um, being given at the time of initiation. Um, but we also know about like, previous lives and, and that kind of thing that you know it's quite rare to like reach perfection um, after being initiated. So obviously there's a time someone might have been initiated. So I'm trying to get my head around um, that concept, like, is when someone receives a sadhaka deha, but they don't complete in that lifetime, mm-hmm. how does that relate as they yeah. continue the path? Yeah, well, initiation, of course, is an English word that uh, implies a beginning. The Sanskrit word is diksha, and uh, it uh, conveys the idea of the transmission of Dibhigyan, uh, divine knowledge, and then in the form of the mantra, this uh, diksha, initiation, comes under the uh, heading, if you will, of Sambandagyan. And Krishna um, Kavirus Goswami has referred to the the guru who imparts the mantra as the rupa, 
of Krishna and the guru who gives instruction, Siksha, maybe the same guru should be, um, although there may be more than one, to the uh, Swarup of Krishna. The main point in his uh, statement really is that the two are equally representative of the uh, of Bhagavan, Rajendranandan, Sri Krishna in our case, in our lineage, <coughs> and should be equally regarded. But their function is different. So, for example, perhaps in brief he wants to convey that as, as well by invoking the, the words Rupa and Swarupa. Rupa means form in this case. And the form of uh, Krishna is present in, in the mantra. Mm-hmm. We were talking the other night uh, about sound. We had a, a meeting, a gathering, and um, we explained in brief that all sounds are not the same. And uh, so the, the origin of the sounds, for example, that make up the Veda, um, well, uh, is it, said to be not uh, human in origin. They're not said, they're said not to be human in origin, which means they're divine, which means that they have no origin. Um, but they are discovered, nonetheless, by Rishis, who then um, in the Kali Yuga, it's thought that they, they, they write them down. And uh, sometimes uh, those Upanishads, sounds, Upanishad means to sit, sit close. The implication is that I could, I'm going to tell you something. It's not for the general public. Come close and let me whisper in your ear. It's an old song. But um, <clears throat> say the words you long to hear. Um, <laughs> I'm in love with you. That's, what it's, that's how the song goes. Um, and it, it's appropriate, actually, coming to my mind as we think of this transmission, right? That is. Uh, Diksha or the conveyance of them sound um, discovered within or this pursuit within uh, the sounds are heard they're heard on the level of we call pasha, they're, they're para but they're heard or intuited I guess we could say much as in Vaishnavism it's said that we see by, by hearing so there's para Transcendental sound, and it is intuited, uh, pashanti. Another, the level of sound that corresponds with uh, a booty, an intuitive kind of knowing. And then there's mandila sound that is the, is the, the form of. Uh, of thoughts. This is information. Sound is as information. 
and then Vaikari, the actual uh, naming. So only one of these, uh, interestingly enough, uh, forms of sound uh, involves uh, difference. And that we have, for example, in Vaikari we have Polish language, we have English language, Italian language, Spanish language, Bengali language, and so on and so forth. But the thoughts, those sounds by which we name and distinguish and determine, categorize and make sense, so to speak, out of the waking experience of the world, this is a chair, this is a microphone, this is a house, so, um, well, that is in different language. The thoughts that they are connected with, they're all the same. <laughs> the thoughts are all the same. So, um, the implication is also, as, as the sound becomes more refined, in our experience as to the, the nature of sound, transcendental sound, then there's, there's, there's a unity. And as it breaks down to speak, there's a divergence, disparity, uh, a difference, an undesirable difference in this case. Of course, we have a, a, we have a difference within, within, um, unity, um, on the higher end, but on the lower end, the difference is the problem. But it's a made up difference. It's a manufactured difference. The difference that arises from sense perception and so on and so forth, and, and the identities of Polish and English and German and whatnot, different languages and so on. So, at any rate, to Pashanti, intuitive sound. So the Rishis, they experience the para, the transcendental reality that uh, uh, is it has a sound. In Gita, Krishna has identified himself with the sound of oh, a u ma ene. With language, I guess. But uh, in one sense, these three letters individually relate to or uh, uh, refer to bur, bula, swa. But together, the three are something different than they are individually. Together, as Om, they are all, the three are contained within something beyond them. And that is the sound of God. Of course, as I said the other night, Prabhupada once said, I don't know if I can say it like him, but he said, you cannot get as much bliss from saying Om as you came from saying Krishna. Time we, we filled up with bliss to say that. Um, so, Dure Harikatamita, Shotama Pyupanishadam, Dure Harikatamita. Yuga Swami's statement of practice in the The sounds of the Upanishads, they leave one Dure very far from where one can arrive by Harikata. Dure Harikatamita. Kampashu By the sounds of the Upanishad, we can become peaceful. Neti, neti. 
not this, not that, not this, not that. <laughs> you need some commentary. Be very thoughtful, like the Rishis. Hearing the sound, they intuit it. They intuit it, they had an intuitive sensibility, and they heard the sound, and they understood it. Neti, neti. In one sense, it means not this, not that. So, we ourselves identify with this and with that. You've probably heard me say this before, but this and that. I'm, in other words, I think that I am this or I am that. I am. Uh, but all the whatever is this or that that I refer to and identify myself with is uh, here today and, and, and gone tomorrow. I think I'm this, I think I'm that, I think I'm Polish, I think I'm American, I think I'm young, I think I'm old, I think I'm uh, of a particular gender, whatever may be the case. In all of the this and the that, which is changing, coming and going, that doesn't endure, there's something in the very expression, I am this and I am that, that endures. What is that? If I say I am this and I am that, if we take the this and the that to be something that doesn't endure, what's left? I am, that's left. And I am is a much deeper conception of self than I am this or I am that. Hmm? Whether it be a thing or even a thought. To think I am this or I am that is to not uh, utilize the mind to the to our advantage. As the Gita says, the mind is, uh, has can work to our advantage or can work to our disadvantage. It's the center. Uh, around which the senses are uh, function. If the mind is not connected with the sense, it's connected with the sense object, the experience of the object will be limited if experienced at all. Hmm? Just as a thought, as an aside, bhakti as a yoga, all yoga courses about controlling the mind and the senses, bhakti as a yoga is like the mind is in relation to the senses. Because none of the yogas, jnana yoga, karma yoga, ashtanga yoga, can be effective without bhakti. And none of the senses can give the experience of the sense object unless the mind is connected with it. So, at any rate, The mind is the friend, he said, or the, the enemy. So yoga is for making, is taming the mind, making the friend, making it work uh, uh, for us, if you will. Mm-hmm. And uh, when it doesn't, then the thoughts are about things, which are, as I say here today and gone tomorrow, they're constantly coming and going. So this creates a disturbed condition for the mind. I thought about this and from that 
thing that I thought about. For example, I thought I would gain security, but I can't keep it. So the very nature of the things, the appearances, coming and going, when the mind is preoccupied with them, then it becomes disturbed. So for it to be peaceful, it has to turn to an object that is enduring, not subject to change and transformation. So, of course, they all know this. These are just simple ideas for learned devotees like yourself. We turn the mind within and concentrate on I am, rather than I am this or I am that. We've gone a huge, a long uh, distance but it's a very short distance at the same time in terms of the prospect of the self. Because I am not this or I am that, I am. But I am is not the full sense of, of the Atman. And this is, of course, where Gaudi Vaishnavism kind of picks up. Vaishnavism in general, but Gaudi Vaishnavism in particular, picks up where other schools of transcendental thought leave off. Because I am is true, but the, the nature of the self cannot be fully understood unless we assess its potential. Like take for example, we have an ashram in Costa Rica. Some of you have been there, right? Adelan, Ijai. The rest of you should come and <laughs> visit us. But Costa Rica is a, is a beautiful country, and one of the beautiful things about Costa Rica is that it has no army. And um, Central America is, can be a turbulent place with uh, revolutions, and uh, uh, for years, in fact, the neighboring country, uh, Nicaragua, was uh, very turbulent. And uh, uh, a lot of uh, military action there, and so forth. And you would think that Costa Rica was in danger, but we have to look at Costa Rica in relation to its potential by association, and it was very much in those days associated with, and still is, I think, to a large extent with the United States, which, you know, would make Nicaragua afraid with its military-industrial complex uh, comparatively power. So if we just look at Costa Rica, but we don't look at its potential as a result of its extended uh, association, we can't get the full picture. So it's a very strong country. Actually, it's the strongest uh, country in Central America and has no army. So we as an Atma, we have a potential. We are, we are the object of love in this world. Vipanishads teach us, of course, that man does, husband does not love his wife. Wife does not love the husband. Husband and wife don't love the children. Children don't love the parents. 
what this, what the statement is saying it sounds kind of bleak, but so I'm taking like what it's saying is everyone loves the self. Everyone loves the Atma. The Atma is the only thing that's lovable because matter is asat, achit, niranda. How do you love a stone? Right? There's no love is would be evaluated on a scale of reciprocity. So you know, if the husband and wife get together and the wife says, "You never say you love me," you know. That, or you never listen to me. It's there's like we're having a relationship, huh? Wake up, <laughs> something like that. Um, so the reciprocal dealings, as much as that they're they're flowing, right? Then I start to be a loving, well, rapport. Love it requires action. Movement, karma is movement that in which there's no knowledge because it's movement in relation to things that don't endure in the pursuit of something that endures, <laughs> something that has no inherent happiness within it or capacity to reciprocate, no love within it. Well, we're actually pursuing love, so. In karma, there's no there's no gyan, and in gyan, there's no karma. Because if you come to wisdom that I'm not this or that, and this cause of suffering is attachment to things and thoughts about things, then you sit down, right, and you become a contemplative. There's no movement in gyan, and there's no knowledge in karma. But in love, in bhakti, there is movement, and there is a kind of knowing. Love is pregnant with a kind of essential knowing. When you love, then you know what to do. So it's active. You do something, and you know what to do. You know what you're doing. It's kind of an automatic knowing, an intuitive knowing. But, as Gita says, in and there's Rajaguya. Why is it Rajaguya? Raj means king. So Raj, Vidya, Vidya means knowledge, the king of knowledge. And Krishna says this bhakti is also the Rajavidya, Rajaguya, the king of secrets. It's, it's a great secret because the bhakti that he talks about it's full of knowledge but it looks like it's ignorance we call it Gyan Bhakti those Gopikas and Gopas what do they know? <laughs> they don't know these things we're talking about right now Upanishads uh, or so it would appear. They don't know means they're not interested in those things. The Buddha came to, to give the message of Krishna to the, to, to the gopis. He thought he understood the message clearly. Don't lament. 
We are all moving into the work in the world according to the will of providence. What can be done? Things like this. He thought he understood the message. He said, "Again, Bhakta." Whereas Krishna has a special liking for him to send him to Braj to get educated about the full face of Bhakti. So as he explained to the gopis, when they replied to him, he realized that he didn't understand the message at all. It was not, it sounded like one thing. It could be taken like that, but there were layers and layers of meaning within that. And through replying and discussing this message, Krishna's message was sort of a barrier. What did we begin with? In Braj, the scene only, the Braj is depicted like this as being relatively uh, ignorant village girls, uneducated. But we know, relative to your point, which I'm answering in a roundabout way, the question, when they come to this world in the Nasadaka Deha, When Rupa Manjari comes here as Rupa Vasan, when Subal Saka comes here as Pandit, uh, what is his name? Goridas Pandit. We find this is a place where there's a need for knowledge, a little bit of knowledge. A little knowledge. Knowledge meaning, and that's the difference between self and matter, between consciousness and the brain, for example. A little bit. It's not an anga of bhakti, but a little bit. And then there's, of course, knowledge of bhakti. That's another thing. Some underground. They give this kind of knowledge. In other words, suddenly a, an uneducated village girl, when appearing in a sadhaka there, in a world where there's a need for knowledge, where there's real ignorance, we find that those gopis have so much knowledge. It's mind-boggling. Not therefore, Srinivas has written, Nana Shastra Lokanam Not only they knew comprehensively the Shastra, but what what did they know? They, you have to use your head to soften your heart. They, they are a good example of that. They used their head and they wrote our bhakti shastras. Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, Brihat Bhagavatamrita, and so on. Ujjvagnirman, Lagu Bhagavatamrita. Their commentaries. I mean, it's extensive, their work. They're the kind of the architects, in a sense, of the samsara, giving it, giving it a form, a structure, taking the waterfall of ecstasy that was Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that they had, they had to stand back from in one sense, and making through their writing a lake out of that water, that it could be approached, and we could drink from it, we could bathe, we could bathe in it. So that world, the very dust, when Bhakti Siddhanta was told, in the West, they have questions we cannot answer. He said, oh, 
only a particle of dust from the lotus feet of Korkasaurus, Babaji Maharaj, has enough knowledge to, to drown the whole world. Dust from Raj, Raj Raj is very famous. Chintamani, these descriptions are there. So, in love, in bhakti, there's both movement, like karma, but different. In karma, there's obligatory movement. I, I've taken, so now I owe, so I have to go and work and repay and driven. Uh, I've hunted. And now I'm being hunted. So this is the movement of the world. And beyond then if we have ingress of wisdom, then we can we can cease from taking, cease from hunting, and we cease from being hunted. We could sit peacefully. Hmm? Right? There's no movement in Gyan, no knowledge in karma. But in bhakti, there's movement. It's a different kind of movement. Not a movement out of insufficiency, but out of fullness. So, as I often say, when you're full, and then you may need to dance. That's the difference. Then I'm hungry, I have to move and hunt. And I have to move because I've hunted. And I'm also being hunted. Jibo Jibo Sijimanam perspective. One living being is food for another. There's another kind of movement in Leela. Leela and Karma, they may look the same on the surface. something very different. Leela is a movement under on the ground of which is knowing. It subsumes knowing. It, it, it over it, 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 it's not unknowing, but the knowing is almost well. It's the ground. It's not in the forefront because it would get in the way of peaceful interaction. Just like in the United States, it's a very powerful country, and so the military-industrial complex is is huge. But you don't. You don't see tanks being paraded on the streets or missiles being carried and showing it all off. You don't find machine gun guards at the airports and things like that because it would get in the way of the peaceful commerce. If they get off the plane, you see the kind of machine gun. In some countries, nothing that you require. In the United States, all the military is hidden somewhere in a cave or somewhere or someplace out of sight. Right? So in Braj, the knowledge is all packed away and it's not necessary. But if in America it should be attacked, then there will be missiles and planes everywhere. There are many of them. And similarly, when, when there's a need, if we're in an environment where, there's, where, where a gopi needs to exercise knowledge, like the material world, in the Sadaka data, then we find out oh, that so much knowledge. We went there, we didn't see any planes. We thought, oh, this is easy. We'll take over. No missiles. We'll take over. And just before, we just pick up the gun, and all of a sudden, 
They're everywhere. So don't think they have no knowledge and grudge. Here we call it Yanjana Bhakti. Bhakti unencumbered by the animal. Because then it gets in the way of the again, reciprocal feelings, love. But then the world of Siddhadeva, and then there the world of Sadhakadeva. Two worlds of Sadhakadeva. This world, what you're asking about, we receive a Sadhakadeva from our guru at the time of Diksha. And where else do we have a Sadhakadeva? In Sadhana Siddhupumi. Where is that? Sadhana Siddhupumi. The Bhumi, that land where Siddhas are engaged in Sadhana. Where is that? That is Gauranu Nadia. Gauda Mandala Bhumi. Gauda Mandala Bhumi. What is that? Chintamani. Gauda Mandala Bhumi. Gauda All these Gopikas, Gopas, and they're all in perfect Sadaka days. They are Siddhas playing the Leela of Sadakas. And appropriately associating with and serving Krishna in a form in which is appearing as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, which is his Acharya Lila. Acharya means behavior. This is the this is the unique thing about Krishna that all so many avatars come, they give some blessing, they do something, and they gave a blessing. Braha, Kurma, Matsya, even Ram. But Krishna's teaching about bhakti, Bhagavad Gita, you don't you won't find like this comparatively amongst other avatars. And of course, in the Gita, Krishna says, "I and I have to set a good example because if I don't set a good example, then what will happen?" The world will fall apart if great people don't set the proper example, follow the Veda. But Krishna had no trouble following the Veda. <laughs> Veda Dharma. It is gradually, this appears as such. Appears to be a violation of the Vedic Dharma. So, how to explain that? Right? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's Leela, he is, he, he's, he's making up for the loss. In this sense, we talked about the other night in another sense, but in this sense as well. He says in the Gita, I have to set an example. I, to teach by example. But his example is <laughs> consorting with apparently ostensibly with other people's wives. Pritchett Maharaj said, you know, this is a fascinating discourse, Guru Maharaj, Sukhamuni, but Krishna is the, is the Dharma Situ, the very bridge 
of Dharma by which we can walk and cross over the world of the, the river of Adharma. And he's running with other people's lives. I'd like to get my head around this. Can you help me? And Sukadev told him what? He said, you should know that Krishna is the husband of the gopis' husbands. Hmm. He said, Vrajabadu Bhagena Bhakalpita. What is it? Vrajabadu? Vrajabadu. Idam Chavishnu. Vrajabadu Bhagena. Idam Chavishnu. Another verse. <laughs> he said, Vrajabadu, uh, the, 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 the wives of Braj. He said, when Vishnu, he uses the name Vishnu, he invokes the name Vishnu, when Vishnu is moving, as, as I've described, with the wives in Braj, then that's a different thing. You should hear about that from the right source. And what will happen if you hear about Vishnu? Acting like this, he uses the name Vishnu just to make it clear. This is Vishnu. Okay. Vishnu is all pervading. Here he is, localized in medium size. This is a special, very special dispensation, very special leela. Here is the Purna Brahma. And if you hear about him, Bhakti Parampati Parabhakti will get into your heart and then lust will be chased away. Dhyan can't even go where lust is. It can't go there. It's not an angle of bhakti. It has no power. Comparatively. Bhakti can go there. And Hridrogam, the disease of the heart, you have lust for things, whatnot, whatever. That will be dispensed and and bhakti will remain and fully express herself. So Krishna is a little hard to understand. Brikshit hmm? Maharaj required some, some explanation from Ratha Brikshit. But he compensates for it in full. Especially for us in Kali Yuga, in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, because there he, this is his Acharya Leela. Now he thought, I better, I thought about this, but how well is it understood? Did Arjuna understand me what I was talking about? I told him at the end, I love you. That's what, that's what he said. Manmanabhava madbhakto He said this twice in the Gita, as you know. End of the ninth chapter, end of the eighteenth chapter. The end of the eighteenth chapter, he says it a little differently than he says it in the ninth chapter. He says it in the eighteenth chapter with little concern. Did he understand? I love him. That's what I'm telling you. That's what this whole thing is about. I love you, Arjun. Do you understand it? You love it hard to understand. Can it feel my heart? I hope you, I want you to think of me, to love me, because he said, because I love you. 
that's my message. That's what Krishna told me. Hmm? But it's difficult to understand love. So, in what sense, coming as a teacher by example in the form of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, then when he met Arjuna again, in the person of Roy Ramananda, Mahaprabhu said in Chaitanya Charitamrita, Ramananda Roy is kind of Arjuna, and his father is Marsh Pandu, and his brothers are the Pandavas. It's Mahaprabhu's own explanation. He met him prior to saying that in South India. He met him because Sarvabhum Bhattacharya said, if you're going to go, you have to go. You're Bhagavan, you are Swatantra, independent, you can go. We don't want you to go, but you're Sanyasi, you're Bhagavan, you can go. If you, want, if, you, if you do go, do one thing, one piece of advice I give you. There's a fellow, I could never figure him out. Sarbon was a very, very learned person. He would give counsel to young sannyasis. He's the most learned uh, logician in all of India, for all time. Him and Raghunath Shirmani, another thing he learned from Sarbon also. And he could never understand Ramananda Roy, who was working for the government. He's got this bubble cup. Emotional guy, poetic, spiritual, it would seem, but but now that he had been converted by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, he said, Now I, I understand he and him have something in common. So he goes south and he should meet him. He is at Godavari. He's been stationed there by Raj, but to go there and meet with him. This meeting is the center of the Chaitanya Church meeting. This meeting, and there's something about this conversation between Ramananda Roy and Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, is the Gita, is what the Gita is to the Mahabharata. This conversation is to the Chaitanya Chaitanya This is the whole, the whole thing here. The, the sadhana and sadhya. What is the what is the highest ideal and how to attain it? And in this conversation, everything is reversed. In the Gita, Arjuna is asking the questions and Krishna is giving the answers. In in, in Brahman Sambhat, then Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is asking the questions and Arjuna is giving the answers. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is Krishna and he wants to see. Did Arjuna understand the full implication of my teaching in the Gita? What I was a little constrained to speak about overtly, given the circumstances, standing on the battlefield of Kurukshetra, dressed as a prince. I've been here before. And just the thought of that, I'm devastated. I came so close. Gopis came so close to reuniting with me, but it was not possible. It happened in Kurukshetra. Here I am again, speaking about Dharma. The full face of Dharma is the brain Dharma. 
Of course, so in this conversation it comes out. Arjun got it. Ramananda Roy, he got it. Right? Mahaprabhu said, you answer my questions please, and with every answer you give some, cite some evidence from the scripture, so that your answer will be authoritative. We got to the end. Mahaprabhu said, is there anything more? Can you say something more? He said, I could, but I don't have anything I can, any scripture I can cite. It's just a feeling that I have, and I've written a poem about it. Mahaprabhu encouraged it. Means Braj is beyond the Sriti, beyond the Sriti. This is what Uriva realized. When he went there and he realized, Krishna sent me here to understand that which is beyond. I am Shastra Vid. I know that I'm the advisor of Krishna, of Dwarfa. He's God, he's the, as a prince. He asks me what the scripture says. And this is there's a realm beyond that that, 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 that in a sense the scripture has no words for of course we talk about it we explain the Bhagavad is there and so on and so forth this is what the Bhagavad is saying that there's, there, uh, uh, what is what is it they say that itam buddha gunohari such is the nature of what so, yes, and Jaitanya Mahaprabhu, my point is, but he is Krishna teaching by example. As much as Krishna didn't set the best example in one sense of how to enter into that leela, Jaitanya Mahaprabhu was doing that. And his associates, Krishna's associates who come with him, they serve him appropriately in relation to the mood he's in, and the purpose of his, of his, of his appearance. And as much as his purpose is to teach by example, which is certainly an aspect of, uh, a dimension of what he's about, hmm, these associates, his closest associates in particular, they set a very good example. Therefore, they are referred to in this way as sadhakas, siddhas, I should say, acting like sadhakas. Once Prabhupada asked me, Krishna Leela here in Portland, but Krishna Leela hmm? was in Finland, you know, in Finland. Uh, Krishna Leela is very intriguing and exciting, and there's these rendezvous and meetings behind trees and messages with hand signals and so forth. And, uh, and, uh, so much behind the scenes. It seems like very exciting in the forest. But Gaur Leela, it seems a little, you know, by comparison, a little, maybe a little boring. <laughs> Something like that. I told him, no, it's not like that. <laughs> Krishna Lila is, is not complete without Gaur In Gaur Lila, then, everything that we hear about Bhakti and its power, its potential, you chant once, you do this once, Rupa Goswami saying, this will happen. We do it a thousand and eight times, it doesn't happen. Hmm? But what Rupa Goswami is saying is, it, it has happened, the potential is there. You should know about it. So keep chanting, and one of the times it will happen. It won't happen otherwise. But it will happen by this, with these different angas of bhakti. 
And he gives so many examples. Right? So many. Follow the Rafa Yatra card, and this will happen. Chant, and this will happen. Seeing the deity once, and so on and so forth. So in Gordi, all the things that like, they all happen every time. <laughs> and so uh, they're, they're sadhakas, but they're siddhas playing a lean of sadhakas. And when they enter into kirtan, then suddenly realize it to where they are. If they go from after breakfast to go on some kirtan to the house of Suklamba Brahmachari, they come to Godroom, island of kirtan, Godroom, uh, and there they see so many features. These are features of Nadia. Coward boys herding cows. They're features. It's hard to explain. They're features that facilitate the rasas that we can we can attain. So they see some coward boys and they approach them. The coward boys they keep checking them up. Why don't you come with us and herd cows? You're not a Brahmin. And suddenly then, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the associates with the corresponding sentiment, they appear in their Goparesh. The whole Vrindavan Leela plays out a new episode every day before them. But they've not written beautifully about it in his um, there is riding the waves of, of the Bahamas of Navadvim, going to the different islands and and expressing what kind of experience can they have? What is the experience of Jehovah the Mahaprabhu there? So there's there's Sadhus playing the role of Sadhakas, but they do their sadhana very nicely. And it works. So the suddenly the suddenly the the the, the, the world it, it opens. The scene changes, and from Gorli it turns into Krishna. And all the associates, and appropriate their, in their corresponding forms, they enter into that. Thing. And then, it, and as they come back out, they're in Gorli. So both the leaves are there. You see, Krishna leaves fully there, and Gorli is fully there. This is the beauty of Gorli. It might be possible to be in the Krishna leela and not experience Gorli. You want to be an embarking. You want to follow the poem. You can do that. It's possible. Mahaprabhu at least gave the blessing to Balava. It's possible through Balava we can do that. In Pushtimar. In some different kind of Gopi Bhav. And some Vatsavi Bhav. Mahaprabhu gave the blessing. But Balabha is an apparent other Mahaprabhu. We can't we can refer to this. But if you will go to Krishna Lila by Gorgi, you cannot you cannot be preoccupied with Gorgi and not experience Krishna Lila. That's not possible. That's what it's all about. It's all a Lila of Sadhana. Um, in pursuit of the sadhya 
of Krishna Lila. Right? So, in Chaitanya Vaishnavism, that we all this is the only experience of Krishna fully. Not in any other kind of Vaishnavism, not in any other kind of Vaishnavism. It's our sentiment, but that is objective. You won't find this part of Chaitanya. You won't find this aspect of Krishna. Who in existential crisis, as I mentioned the other night, is trying to understand what it is that makes Radha the way she is, that she becomes worshipable by him, while all the yogis worship him. He's confused about that. Concerned. I mean, this is not... This, this is this understanding the psychology of Krishna. He's Rasaraj. He sees Radha experiences Rasa that in to a measure of extent that I don't. So if I am to be Rasaraj, I have to do something about this. Without Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, how can Krishna be Rasaraj? And certainly can't make Radha Rani Rasaraj. She's Mahabharata. So, so we must, what is the explanation? That is categorically or that is Chaitanya We render Krishna Lila through, through Navadri, then coming on to highest recommendation. And then by participating in Krishna Lila, you experience Gorlila, and by experiencing Gorlila, to experience Krishna experiencing orally is to experience the full measure of Krishna Lila. Otherwise you don't get the full measure. You've got some episode, some part. I mean look at Linden Barkis. They have Saki Bhav and there's nothing else going on. Only Saki Bhav. Some some just that moment in Krishna Lila. Every moment is can completely consume uh, a devotee. They're consumed by one one moment, Saki There's no there's no other in their experience, there's no Vatsalya, there's no there's no there's no gopas. And of course then they don't experience the full measure of Saki The full measure of Saki cannot be experienced without such gopas and gopis. And that is what Ramananda Roy told Mahaprabhu. And when Mahaprabhu said, say something more, and then he gave his poem, what happened? He saw what they saw. He saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, and then he saw Radha and Krishna, and then he saw Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. He saw that the union of Radha and Krishna is problematic. Because the two are trying to become one. And when they become one in a dynamic sense, Radha starts to think she's Krishna, and Krishna starts to think he's Radha. And so immediately there's two again. Problem. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is the solution. Rasaraj Mahaprabhu The two in one form. Don't think Gaurila is something limited, lesser. And and on a lower level, but so relevant and important to us, it teaches by example. They are all imperfected sadhaka devas, right? Practitioner bodies. 
Now you decided to ban that it's not perfected. Your question is, Guru gives the sadaka deha. Means, deha means body, so sadaka deha. Body means senses, mind. Senses are in touch with sense objects and so forth. And as a result of that, contact and identity arises. So when the senses are in touch with sense objects only for the pleasure of Krishna, another identity arises. Right? That gives rise to another identity. A spiritual identity. Well, that is it. That is what sadhana is about. There's a, there's a goal to sadhana. That is bhava. Bhava means to be, to, to, from asakti, from attachment, comes an identity. We are, materially speaking, our attachments. And the advertisers know it very well. So, you see the commercials and they've got you figured out. <laughs> You're attached to this. We've been advertising like this. But we are basically our attachments. That's what makes us different from everybody else. That's our identity. I like it hot, you like it cold. That's the difference between you and me. Our likes and dislikes arising as they do in the mind, our attachments. Make an eye. You become detached from that eye disappears. You become attached to Krishna, that eye disappears, and another another identity arises out of that attachment by the influence of the Swarup Shakti. The same thing that will, will happen to the Tatasta Jiva that happens by the influence of the Maya Shakti in a basic sense. An identity will arise. When we associate with Maya Shakti, then a certain identity arises. It's a changing one. Here we associate with Swarup Shakti because it's, it's, it's Chit also. Yet it's sat. The identity is going to be enduring, but it comes from that that environment. That's the very meaning of the Tasta Shakti. It can exist in either environment. This means it will have an identity relative to the environment it lives in. So we, as a jiva, as an atma, we have a potential. We are what might be said to be an entity that has a nature that lends itself to nurture. That's the testament. We have a nature, and it can be nurtured. Nurturing is the environment. The Maya Shakti will, will nurture it in such a way that it gets malnutrition. Hmm? It's malnutrition. The Sarup Shakti, that Bhakti is constituted of, provides another environment. Hmm? That is a very nourishing environment for which you can realize your potential. And that Srupa Shakti comes to us through Sadhasam, different kinds of Sadhasam, different kinds of Bhakti. And so when we get good Sadhasanga, we become influenced by Bhakti Samskar. When we get Diksha, we get a Sadhaka Deha, a practitioner's body. Your question is, well what if I got initiated in a previous life, or a previous life, or a previous life? Which one is my Sadhaka Deha? <laughs> Right? Something like that. How does that work? So, hmm. It works. In his, I'm just explaining. The Sadhaka day is a work in progress. Hmm. So, if we get Vaishnava Diksha in a previous life, in the next life, as well as this life, then 
Apart that, Bhakti Samskar and Diksha, which is going to give a very strong Bhakti Samskar. I said, the Guru who gives Diksha is the Rupa of Krishna, as Kaviraj Goswami has said, which means, in one sense, that he gives a mantra which represents the Rupa. The form of Krishna is there in Gopal Mantra. In Kam Gayatri. These are the main mantras of Chaitanya Sampadaya. So, whereas the Siksha, the Siksha is, is speaking about the nature, so to speak. Um, so, from, from the Guru, actually the Diksha Guru gives the Diksha, gives the mantra, and also gives some Siksha. And the Siksha helps us understand the nature of our relationship with Krishna. That is the opportunity for which uh, the developers come for us. So, at any rate, when we get such substantial connection with Gaudi Vaishnavism, yes, then we get a Sadaka Deya. But it's a work in progress. And so, Diksha is once an, an ongoing affair. When it falls into the jurisdiction of Sambandhagyan, when it's complete, that means the Sambandhagyan is complete. That means your bhakti now can be fully informed. Not only theoretically informed, but fully informed. So in Baba Bhakti, there is the emotive aspect of bhakti, as well as the active aspect of body of bhakti is in place. And the emotive aspect means I have an emotion. I feel like I'm the friend of Krishna. For example. So your bhakti is now informed. Now your bhakti can be very specific. Of course, it doesn't start in Baba Bhakti. It starts earlier, but in Baba Bhakti, the Sambandha is, is realized. So as much as the diksha is under Sambandha, it may take some time to perfect the Sarakadeya. Now you can say, hey, well, it's a different body every time. Flat up to life, I got initiated three lifetimes ago. That means in this life you have some bhakti. Bhakti is not inherent in jiva. But if you got bhakti in one lifetime, next life it will be inherent in you. And the next life it will be inherent in you. Hmm? Bhakti is not part of the, of the, of the, of the tasta shakti, it's the sarup shakti. It comes to association. Even materially, same thing, same principle. You have to understand the concept, same principle. How material nature works on us, through shakti, spiritual nature works on us. Karnamuna sambhasa, sadhasadhyonita As you associate, so you become like. You can fall. So, if we have that association next life, then we meet our Guru, you have uh, Bhakti is inherent at that point. It's the Jiva, the, the, the Bija, the Bija, the seed of the Rati, that I'm Sadhana, that is the Sadhya, the role of our Sadhana, it comes from Sadhana. And Guru, Diksha, this is a very powerful form. Parting of Diksha is a very powerful form. 
um, you can say, um, satsanga through a very powerful impression Bhakti Samskara would come. So, that will carry with you is the point. Now, we hear Guru is eternal, right? Which one is it? So, <laughs> one the last line? Was it this line? Next line. So in one sense, Guru is Krishna. So there are many manifestations of the Guru. Hmm? And because they represent Krishna, then we're attracted. Hmm? When I met Sridhar Maharshala, I thought, this feels familiar. I've been here before. This feels like, it's different, but it feels like what Prabhupada did to me. Two leaves. At a distant place, we pick them up. Oh, the combustible company is entry. It tastes the same. It must have come from the same tree. You put two and two together. Some people say, How can you get two gurus? How is it possible? Because the guru is one. That's one answer. Because the guru is one. How can you have a how can you have a father and uncle? <laughs> That's the way you can answer them. I don't know, how can you have a father and uncle? How is it possible? And love them both. <laughs> what, what, how limited is your idea of the capacity to love? What, what possibilities lie? In Bhakti, we love everyone. <laughs> And everything. And if we listen carefully and follow, one day we turn around and we'll see our Guru speaking to us everywhere, through everything. Hmm? What is it? Hmm? The sun will talk to you when it rises and sets. The world is verse from Bhagavatam, it's very poetic. The sun is speaking the message of the Gita with its rising and the setting. It says, Ayur Harati. Your Ayur, your life, Harati, is being taken away. Ayur Harati by Pumsan means for everyone. People look at the sun, they like rising and setting, they like to watch the sunset, or they don't even notice it. It's such a huge event in our life every day. It didn't happen one day. But Make the news. Sun didn't come up. But the Rishis, or someone who's been, had good sangha, good association, and applied themselves in relation to that, who's followed that example, then what the Guru is speaking to us, the whole world will say. It's the same, same idea. Mahabharata saw the, saw the cloud and thought of Krishna. He saw the, the, the ocean, he thought it was the Jumon, and he jumped in. He saw the sand dune in Puri, he thought it was Gordon Hill. This is from a premium point of view. There's a tipping point. Right? With the Udipana, you say, these are the Udipanas for Sakyabal, these are the Udipanas for, for Madhuyarasa, these are the Udipanas for Patsalarasa. Then, in a basic way, when when rasa is fully developed, then the whole world becomes a deepener. 
Everywhere Mahaprabhu looked, he was reminded of Krishna. Everything. Taking him over the top. So, this is one answer. Guru is one. Representing Krishna. Of course, the Guru is also a Vaishnav. And he's Kintu Prabhuya. First we're talking about that. Guru is the representative of Krishna. Guru is one. Kintu. However, Kintu Prabhuya Priyavitas. Guruji is dear to Krishna. How can you be Krishna? Sakshadri and Samastha Shastri. All the Shastra says it. And then how can you be dear to Krishna? How can you be Krishna? Directly. Sakshadri and dear to Krishna. If you leave the Bodhi Vajrayanism to be your head spin. <laughs> it's very good to say. Kintu Prabhoya. This is a different developed idea. Because what? Bhagavan and Bhakti. The object of love and the vessel of love. The embodiment of love. They are one and different. Radha and Krishna are one and different. One soul, two bodies. This is Veda Veda. Veda Veda. The object of love is only such if there is love for the object. You can't have an object of love without love. You can't have the love without any objects that it corresponds with. Right? So, the Guru represents Krishna, but he or she is a lover of Krishna. That means Krishna Nandaya. Krishna Nandaya Dhimahi And we will become acquainted with the Ananda of the Guru. Guru is then a vessel of a certain kind of love for Krishna. Right? Now that means one Guru might be one vessel, let us say, for example, in Madhuvirasa. We have two Gurus. Who are the Samasi Gurus of our Sampradaya? Yeah, but no. <laughs> no. That's not correct. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu. These are the Samasti Gurus. Then the Gurus coming in the discipline session, they are all Gasti. These are microcosmic Gurus. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Nityananda Prabhu, they are the macrocosmic Gurus. They are Krishna, they are Brahm, but they are teaching. It's taking them up. Who's Krishna's Acharya Leela? Oh, Balaram is there to help. Help teach. He teaches very nicely. You'll hear about it tomorrow. Hmm? Um, but, so you have Madhurasa, you have Sakyarasa, hmm? embodied, if you will, in these, in these two, they are vessels of this, in, in their in their lila of, uh, of sadhus. Hmm. So, one guru may be in Madhuri Rasa. 
one might say sakiras or different kinds of sakiras. Right? So now there's some difference. So what does it mean when they say the Guru is eternal? Well, as I said in the beginning, the Guru is Krishna. That sense, but in another sense, we have to answer the question, right? Because I had my guru in my last life. Now I have a guru in this life. Well, typically, you know, what, what type of samskar, bhakti samskar you get by association, if it's actually strong, that's going to carry it in the next life. So you're going to find a guru of the same sentiment, orientation. Hmm? No problem there. Still, he's a, he's a, he's still, he's a, he's a different, he's a different gopa, or a different gopi. Right? Something like that. So now, you know, shall we talk about it from Tatko, or should we, should we deal with everybody's sentiment? Because everybody's like, I want my guru to be my one, the one who's my, my sadhguru, not the one of the past life, or the one of the next life, but the next one, but, uh, good enough. This question arose to Sri Ramarsh Watson. And uh, you could understand the feeling of the devotees were asking, Prabhupada's disciples were asking, what happens if you don't perfect yourself, then the next life, then you will get a guru. But what about, you know, what about your guru in this lifetime? So they're, they're thinking about Prabhupada. And he said, the guru will come, the guru is uh, Krishna, so another representative, representative will come, and so forth. Then he could perceive that, that that was a tattva answer, but they were not very happy with that answer. So, uh, then he said that, um, he said, but, if the disciples really want that one guru, then, then they pray, that, then that guru in the leader will say to Krishna, uh, Krishna, they're calling me, they want me to come there. And Krishna say, well, I've said somebody else is not passion in there yet. You stay here with me. No, they want me. Says, oh, okay, then. No sense. Then they were all very happy. <laughs> but that's a nice story. <laughs> but I guarantee you one thing. And I say this in my experience. You'll be very happy. With any sadhguru. Any real gurus. I am so happy, to, was so happy to be in the company of my Guru Maharaj. The very thought of not having this association was, I spoke about the other night, the Guru Pantra and so forth. But when I met Julian Marshall, I felt from the same tree. They had different, started different, but they loved me. They loved him. The night was brought before the GDC and it's gone in the story. Um, these were very turbulent days in his gone. And uh, I had uh, uh, come uh, in contact with the teachings of Pujapatrina Marsh. And I was famous in his for book distribution and being a good, good preacher and so forth. So I contacted the devotees of Gabbas of mine who had published. Sri Guru and His Grace, that I had come in touch with. And, uh, and so, I could have said this is the Sri solution to all the problems in, in, in Islam. In Krishna consciousness, the lack of it is the only problem. There's nothing lacking, probably just to say, other than 
the only shortage is there's Krishna consciousness. So I could understand this is perfect. Uh, so I got in touch with my God who sort of published the book and they laughed. They said, Well, if the incarnation of book distribution says our book is bona fide, it must be bona <laughs> Because of course people are saying it wasn't bona fide and so on and so forth. So we looked up a strategy where I would because I was well known, I would stay in Islam for some time and then I would canvas and an opportunity presented itself I would share the teachings. We thought it was just a matter of a few months and everyone would understand who Shri Marsh was and we'd go happily ever after. Of course it didn't turn out like that. And I was found out by the authorities. I was speaking to one devotee and he was very open and while I was speaking to him tending to his openness, somebody else opened the door and I was so absorbed I didn't notice that devotee and he heard me speaking about Sridhar Maharaj so he immediately got on the phone and called one of the leaders and then, I, then they blackballed him all the temple in about 15 minutes and I was like, whoa, what just happened? Uh, but then one, one devotee, one of the priests that came to see me and they said, you know, you, you should be kicked out of you're just going to Shiva Maharaj because you know you don't have a fair field here of service. I said, Maharaj, is, you know, that's true, I don't have a fair field of service, but there's something positive here as well. There's something wrong with this guy. So it's positive. And Shiva Maharaj said, Yeah, Shiva Maharaj is, is, is he must be a nice devotee. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty nice. <laughs> but anyway, he uh, asked me to go you know, to a meeting of the GBC. So I went to a meeting and basically. And they interviewed me and they asked me, so what is this now that you are, we understand that you are hearing from Shri Marsh? And I said, yeah, that's, that's true. And uh, they said, well, why are you hearing like this? So I said to them, I said, that I have a feeling that you all know me, I'm well known, that if I was to leave discouraged by the way the mission is being conducted at this time, that, that none of you would come after me. I said, please forgive me, but that's my feeling. That you would feel relieved to have gotten rid of a, a complainer or something like that. Even all the service I've rendered for so many years to Prabhupada, Prabhupada knew me personally, gave me some loss and so forth. People were leaving and they were discouraged. I said, my feeling is that if I would leave, none of you would come after me. But my other feeling is that Sridharmarsh, who doesn't know me in a familiar way like you do, hmm? if he was to hear that uh, that year I was the president of the Sannyasis, I was voted by all the Sannyasis to, to be the president, presided over this annual meeting that they had. There a lot of meetings those days. So. I said, my feeling is that Sridhar Maharaj was told that this, this Swami Tripurari is left discouraged by the organization and the way they're conducting the Prophet's mission and so forth, that he would, he would come after me, that he would, he would send someone out there, he would shed a tear. That's the feeling they have. And they were silent. I guess that was right. <laughs> They were silent on his life. I did something. So such feelings, such kindness, such 
I went to him uh, one I'd bring for darshan one, one year and he would always ask to visiting sannyasis or devotees what was the news because it was those were turbulent times so he said what is the news Marshall what, what, what he knew something had happened and I could understand that he knew but he was asking for confirmation from me but I did not want to tell him because I knew how tender his heart was how much he understood what is a jiva and what does it mean to come in touch with Gaudiya Vaishnavism in this world what that opportunity is and if somehow other someone tampers with that and hurts the faith and says, well, what a what a disaster that how, how how damaging that could be he really fell for this so I the news was that certain leading members of ISKCON had who were important positions had left the mission and they were their conduct was not great so in Los Angeles I was outside of ISKCON but you know we we you can't get too far from from <laughs> so I had all the news and it was big news in Los Angeles they were celebrating they were celebrating but these guys had left got rid of them you know, leaders. You know, the leaders the leaders would have done that about me <laughs> the other devotees would have done that about them so it's really unfortunate uh, environment so I said I gave some other news some positive news that I knew that Pranjadavidaswami became an art from he has come now for old and, 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 and so forth and uh, he was an Islam guru he's come out the teachings he wants to meet you and so forth but then Chidamar said to me, is it true that so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so, the three at the same time, that they have, they have left the mission, their shraddha is, is, is going their faith, they've left the mission. And I mean, I, 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 he knew, he had heard it, he wanted confirmation from me. I said that, I, yes, I tried to like, but, you know, that there's still, you know, some, and then he began to weep. He began to weep. And he knew them. He had met them. And he knew who they were in relation to Prabhupada and so forth. And then he began to speak about Prabhupada's contribution, how Hindus are proud of him, all Gaudiyas, uh, giving the Vrindavan opportunity for Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teaching to everybody. It was very, very powerful. Compelling, so I can say this to you like this that if you, if you, if you think my guru is, is the best, and sadhguru, if you meet another sadhguru, then you will feel that you can bear your company. That said, still, yes, we will enter into the group of, of one of those gurus, right? Which one? I got initiated in this life, this life, in this life. Three lifetimes ago, I got initiated by this one. Next life, he's gone to the Nityavila. Next life, this one. He's gone to the Nityavila. Next life, this one. Which, which one will be my guru in, in another sense? Not that, that, that all gurus are, uh, Manifestations of Krishna, they're one in that sense, but which one 
will I be in his her group? Hmm? You want to know the answer? Whichever one you want. That's the answer. So if you think I want this one, then you make that some kind of that that kind of community. Then you'll be with that group. Hmm? You understand? So that's up to you. <laughs> so you get a sadhakadeya, Mahaputo Sanasana. The time of Diksha one gets a Sadhakadeya. It is Purananda, Ananda Mohan. He said, he talked about the potential of the Sadhakadeya. Juva went to, to Vaikuntha in his own body. In his Sadhakadeya. It's possible. Typically in the Gaur we appear there as a young brown boy. This is Kasya Bhakti to Gaur. And then we have Sakya Bhakti or Mother Yatajatya. You want to know your Rasa then? You know, I need to have it. Dasaras, That's the first answer. Their answer is simple also. By association. But you get a start of the day, that means next lifetime, bhakti is inherent in you. It will show up in your body. It's, it's not an entirely material body. How can it be entirely material body? A sadhaka day is not a material body. So, it, as the sadhaka day comes, conforms with the bhakti that has been embedded, if you will, in the jiva and cultivated, then that configuration so-called material elements becomes spiritualized. Mm-hmm. But in, 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 in previous life you didn't perfect that. In this life you'll come. There will be there will be something about body means also mindset. So mannerisms, inclinations, a wise guru will understand, oh he has that. Mm-hmm. I see. That's kind of well, she has first time coming. Tendency, tendencies will be there depending on how pronounced or how 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 you progress in the previous life. It's a casual, long answer. <laughs> okay, so no time for more questions tonight. Is the time now? Five minutes. separate bowl, right? <laughs> okay, so we'll meet again tomorrow. What time is then at Mongolia? Seven. Seven. We're friendly there. <laughs> 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 <laughs>